fighting with the mayor's office for months to get that tree removed. They said it was too expensive. But it's gone now. Trunk, stump, roots, poof, gone. Well, who the hell did that? Whoever did it, I own beer. <sighs> Maybe things are uh, getting better here. I think I just might stick around. Yeah. Uh -huh. Looks like things are turning around. Reminds me of when Littleton used to be something. Feels like wrongs are finally being righted, you know? Like a guardian angel's come to town or something. Welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. And hey guys, it's Terry here. And I hope you guys enjoyed our discussion about a human face last week while we used our human faces to talk about it. Um, though I, I'm much more shaped like a water bear than I probably am. Like I'm closer to water bear than Christopher Maloney in terms of body shape, let's just be honest. Um, and I, I, I am actively destroying a workbench behind me you know, for the, for the dietary fiber. So um, that's a little bit too much about me. I revealed too much already. Yeah, I, I'm probably closer to Water Bear right now because of uh, all the quarantine and uh, Uber Eats that we've been doing lately. <laughs> you know, uh, with with things going on the way it is, this is this is not the year for me to discover a um, an app that, that delivers uh, beer and liquor to your doorstep at a place that it's like you press a button and with 15 minutes milkshakes appear at your house like that. This was like, ugh, like it's been it's been too easy to eat terribly and be like, you know what? I don't feel like going out. People could just bring me drinks. Like, I mean, all we need is a computer that can 3d print us ham sandwiches. And then I think we'd be set. Yeah, that would be, uh, that would be the icing on that cake, honestly, uh, <laughs> to get more food talk into it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so we're going to be talking, uh, this week, this episode is, uh, uh, the 2020, um, Jordan Peele produced, um, Twilight Zone season two, episode eight, a small town. Uh, this is directed by Alonzo Alvarez or Alvarez. Um, so uh, in regards to like, they've, they're an up and coming director. They've done a lot of things. They are, it, uh, it, it's like, I was looking at their, their, um, like their profile on IMDb. Uh, he, he is, uh, he's a Mexican director and has done a lot of different short films and things. And this seems to be like, he's starting to kind of come up through the ranks. Um, so uh, in regards to what he's done, I can't speak to it. But um, again, if, if as we've talked about this season so far, that there's been a lot of people being brought into this playground of the Twilight Zone to show what they're capable of doing, of being storytellers. And um, 
Yeah. Just because I didn't know this guy doesn't mean that I'm not excited for what will happen next with him. Yeah. I, I didn't recognize anything that he had been working on either. Um, the one thing I will, I will point out though, is he looks like post Malone minus the face tattoos. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if that's an insult to, uh, Mr. Alvarez, but, uh, yeah, you'd look like post Malone. Um, but <laughs> he's, he's got like a few things in the fire right now. Um, he's, he's a writer and a director and he's, he's working on three projects all at once right now, it seems like. So one of them that, uh, sounded very interesting was, um, when fingers leave no point, uh, after ro- being wrongly convicted of his daughter's murder, our father search for the, uh, killer's uh, wreaks havoc on a quiet Missouri town. So I'm like, that sounds really good. So it seems like this guy likes to do a lot of like serious work. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see what he's done, especially after watching this episode. Yeah. There's a film that I think it's in post-production or if not, he's working on something right now called the wing Walker, which I was like, Oh, the wing Walker, you know, but not the same one. Uh, and it deals with, um, it's, it deals with the father and son trying to make the journey to cross the border. Um, so, you know, uh, again, yeah, it, it has a lot going on going forward. Uh, I see that he actually worked. There was something called HBO Access Directing. Uh, it was a program where they let four filmmakers work with HBO executives and they would make content. So, like, he started getting into some interesting places with, like, you know, with people that had resources to help, you know, produce, right? Like, I don't think it's the same thing as, like, Project Greenlight, but, you know, anything that's developmental, you know, that's awesome. So, Again, uh, you know, I normally when you get into this, you expect to find some bit. It's like a veteran TV director or has done some genre stuff. And that's not necessarily the case with him, but that's not a bad thing either. It's just I just I really can't speak to any of his other work. Yeah, hopefully this is a, a stepping stone for him to get even more work, uh, maybe in series and that, because uh, I I, uh, I don't want to tilt my hand here, but uh, I I think he did a good job for this. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And oh, I do want to mention he did direct one episode of the TV show 911 called Christmas Spirit. I don't think that counts towards um, the theme that I've been running through um, so far this year with this season and frustrating Terry with Christmas uh, episodes and films. Um, but I have some other connections later, but I wanted to bring that up. Okay, well, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll wait for those then. Yes. Um, so, uh, so next, uh, we have two writers again on this, uh, another duo. That uh to help for uh for you know bring this one to the table, um Stephen Barnes, um the only things that I had known his work for is uh two episodes of the real Ghostbusters, <laughs> so that's funny he wrote cartoons and then uh, five episodes of the uh the later installment of uh, the Outer Limits. Oh, so okay, I found out he actually did one um. Uh, episode of the 85 Twilight Zone and then a teleplay for another episode. So the, I don't know if it was the full episodes for both, but there like there's multi segments per episode. So this guy actually wrote for the Twilight Zone previously. Nice. That's cool. And I see he had four episodes of Baywatch and I, you know, I wrote down the outer limits um, here and, and his, uh, his wife, let me here. I'll, I'll, you know, I apologize. I know Terry was probably sweating, like coming up to, to try to pronounce her name. Uh, uh, was it, Tana Revive, Tana Riv, Riv, um, it's T A N A A R. Sorry, T A N A N A R I V E. 
and I, I apologize that I, I not pronounced that correctly. Last name is Dew. Um, yeah, the, the, the wife of Stephen Barnes. Um, I, um, she's been like interviewed a lot on different things in regards to speaking about like, um, like she was in that, uh, that documentary horror noir that's on shutter about like, um, the history of, of, um, African-Americans in horror films. Um, and then, so she's done some other talking head segments as well. And I wasn't sure where, like, I didn't see her have a whole lot of like output. So I'm not sure where, um, you know, I, I just don't know where, where she'd be coming in to be interviewed for something like that. Other than she did do a short film, uh, called danger world. Uh, so, yeah, it's called danger world. And here's the premise of it. A 13 year old girl and her grandfather hiding out in a wooden cabin after a plague meet the challenge of their lives when her birthday trip to a training post goes horribly awry. So she does have some horror roots Again, I'm just, you know, it was hard to try to find a whole lot out about her. Yeah, I wasn't really quite sure um, of, you know, much more about why she was in connection with that uh, documentary. She also did the the Eli Roth History of Horror um, miniseries documentary. Um, so, it, I mean, you know, some, some people just, I guess, have a, a wealth of knowledge about the the genre and that maybe she's just one of those people that was stayed in connection with a, a lot of bigger names like Eli yeah. Roth and that. So that's, that's fair. Interesting and, and, and I apologize again for um, butchering the name. It's not my intent, but I, you know, I, I stumble over every, you know, give, give me a moment and an opportunity. I'll stumble over everything. You know, that's what I do here. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's it for our, our writers and director. Um, if you would like to start us with our, oh, so here's my note. I, I told Terry about this first start recording about, about, uh, the crew, or sorry, the cast notes. Um, there's like 5,000 people in this episode. Um, I kind of just kind of ran aground after like five or six of them. And then I took a peek at the rest of them to see if there's anything of worth. My list is going to be, uh, very short. Um, so, uh, you lead the way Terry and I'll, I'll chime in if I have anything. Okay, yeah, that, that works for me. So, uh, starting off our cast here, we got Damon Wayans Jr. Um, so he plays Jason Grant, the main character in this. Uh, he is the son of Damon Wayans. <laughs> so big surprise, right? Um, so obviously, Damon Wayans uh, being part of uh, a wealth of different things like uh, In Love and Color and uh, Blank Man, he actually uh, played a very bit role in uh, Blank Man uh, with his father. So, and then he also, uh, he was in eight episodes of my wife and kids again with his father. Um, he, he actually was, uh, in the writing room on a bunch of those episodes too. So, uh, good for him that he's, uh, he's got writing background as well. Um, he did a voice in the, the Disney Pixar collaboration, um, uh, big hero six. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he, he was on that uh, series, The New Girl, for 44 episodes as well. Yeah, that seems to be like his big his big thing um, is New Girl. I didn't realize he was Wasabi in Big Hero 6, which I love that movie. So um, I'm not as well um, versed, again, uh, with his his output. But uh, you know, he's another guy that's like young and he, um, up and coming. And I mean, I, I guess up and coming, 44 episodes of New Girl. I guess you're, you know, you're doing okay. Uh, but, you know, I think... Um, he, he, as you mentioned him being in the writer's room, like he has, you know, good foundation. And I think he did fine here. So, uh, I, I would like to see more from him. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I'm glad that, uh, 
you know, he's following in his father's footsteps in, in some fashion or another. He's, I, I like his father. He's a, he's a good actor as well. Um, he, he leans more towards the comedy, but, uh, I can see that, um, uh, his son has kind of made himself a little bit more diverse in his acting abilities. So, but, uh, next we have, uh, David Krumholtz. Uh, he plays, uh, the mayor in this. Now, this is where I'm kind of like confused. Is it Mayor Conway or is it Conley? Because it sounded like every time you heard the name in the show, they were saying Conley. But yeah, IMDb you know has it as Conway. You're right. It's funny. I actually listed it as Conway in my notes here to begin with. But and when I go through writing about the episode, it's Conley. So I think IMDb just doesn't have that right. Okay. And I was I was trying to do a search uh, throughout the rest of the internet to see what the hell is going on, but I'm going to go with Conley. Cause that's what it sounded like. Everybody was saying. Well, so, that, and there's Conley. the billboard that says uh, Conley auto or whatever. He's like, you like, you don't have to worry about the bank. Cause I own it or whatever. And it was his face on it. And it said Conley. So hmm. yeah. Okay. Well, I guess I, if I would have paid a little more, more attention to the billboard too, but uh, yeah, so he plays mayor uh, John Con Conley Conway. Um, no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that to me. <laughs> Um, I questioned myself enough. All right. Um, so yeah, uh, he, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Um, so the things that I knew him from, uh, he was in Adam's family values as the, the dorky dude that falls in love with uh, Wednesday. Um, he was in, uh, 10 things I hate about you. 119 episodes of the show numbers. Uh, and, uh, here's the Christmas connection that I think you were going for and I'm going to pull it. He was in the Santa Claus series as the head elf. That's true. Yeah. So there you go. That, I think that's a pretty I'm stealing big, your thunder. <laughs> yeah. well, that's fine. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, I, he just had a very recognizable uh, and punchable face. And I thought like, I, you know, I thought I recognized it from stuff like you, you all also, um, this is a show that you like a great deal. He was in five episodes of the sitcom mom that's on CBS as well. I, um, I know you've, you've talked to me about that show a few times. So five episodes, that means he's, you know, probably been the same character. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's also currently in the HBO series, the deuce. He was in the, the mini series that they put out called, uh, or sorry, limited series that, um, the plot against America. Um, yeah, that's, that's about all I got for him. Yeah. He's in that weird, uh, he, he, like, again, he's been in so many different things. He's also in that really strange indie film, um, slums of Beverly Hills. Um, I, I like that film a lot. It's super strange. Um, it's kind of like a lot of other like niche indie films that like you either you love it or you hate it. And mm. I absolutely like dig that film. So <laughs> check it out. Um, so uh, next we have Natalie Martinez. Uh, she plays Anna. Uh, I knew her from the, the movie, the Jason Statham film Death Race. Mm -hmm. um, and then she was also in 14 episodes of Under the Dome and uh, two episodes from Dust Till Dawn. Yep, that's about all I got. I wanted to, to note uh, that 2008's Death Race is actually a pretty fun movie. Um, but better than I was expecting it to be. Not great, but better than I was expecting it to be. And Under the Dome, because that's just a CBS production, so I thought I'd mention that. But yeah, that's about all I got for her. Yeah, and Under the Dome is the... It's derived from Stephen King, right? Yeah, they tried to take a novel um, that you know, it was a pretty beefy novel and turn it into like an ongoing series as opposed to like a limited series. And like the, the first couple so episodes I watched, I was like, yeah, I kind of see what they're doing. 
no, this isn't, I'm not, I'm not good. Like it had, it had a Hank from Breaking Bad in it. So I was super excited to see him. It just, it, um, and Brian K Vaughn was the, like the showrunner, I believe on it, or the story supervisor who I love Brian K Vaughn as a comics writer. Um, so I thought there'd be a lot of good in there and I just, it, I think it just got away from them and got weird. And then it kind of limped along to a third season. It was a summer series. So it was basically like, Hey guys, there's no TV on right now. You should watch under the dome. And I just never really got to it. The book, the book's not bad. Uh, it, it the first half of it's really, really good. Um, but you know, it's a town under the dome, under a dome, like you've seen the Simpsons movie, right? Like that's kind of similar to the plot there. It's not the same thing, but not that different. Hmm. Yeah, I, I I heard really bad reviews about it, so it's one of those things. I guess we'll just stay on a back burner for Stephen King material for me. So but unfortunately, read the book. Don't um, worry about the series. The book has some really cool stuff in it. There we go. We'll do that. All right. So next we have uh, Paula Newsom. Uh, she plays Pastor Nichelle. Nichelle, yeah. Uh, do, is it what is it Nichelle? No, it's Michelle. Oh, it, it, I, I think, think it's it, Michelle. Yeah, like as in Michelle, both an N. Yeah, and then uh, Del Rio. Um, so uh, really small bit role in Home Alone, um, Little Miss Sunshine, and uh, four episodes of NCIS. Yeah, uh, she has a lot of work. It's just that I, um, you know, like like you mentioned, she had that she had uncredited um scene or role in Home Alone. Uh, which I guess you could argue that's a that's a Thanksgiving no it's a Christmas movie isn't it isn't it that's set around Christmas, it's a Christmas right movie. yeah okay there you Christmas, go yeah. uh, and then she was in one episode of Dharma and Greg so I want to tie it back to last week's episode that we covered um, and then one episode of Law and Order so there you go you have um, an almost Maloney connection and you have a Jenna Elfman connection uh, to the last episode uh, but yeah that's what I have for her cool cool um, yeah so next we have Keegan Connor Tracy um, so she plays Gloria. Uh, she was in the final destination Two, white noise. And what I knew her from more recently that I finished off not too long ago was, um, eight episodes of Bates motel. Hmm. Yeah. Good series. If you, if you, if y'all have a chance to dive into it, which is streaming, uh, check out Bates motel. It was really good. I thought the, the show was wrapped up really well. Uh, it was a, it was a really interesting watch. So five seasons, I believe. And, uh, yeah, so check it out. Cool. And then, uh, uh, next we have, uh, Andrew Alvarez. Uh, he plays Emilio and honestly, there was like one other, like, uh, credit for him, but nothing else otherwise. Yeah. That's again, I think we're running into a lot of younger actors that uh, it's almost as if they don't have a resume because they're young, you know, like, mm-hmm. so I think, I think we're okay. I think that's, yeah, it's another one of those guys that like Emilio probably had been poking around, like, you know, he has two credits. He's probably like, they have the same age as like those, those seven girls from the, the other episode we covered, you know, it's like, Hey guys, y'all want to be the twilight zone and one other thing. Come with me. <laughs> right. Uh, and, uh, that's pretty much it all. Uh, that's all I have for my cast notes. Okay. So I, the, the only one I got left here, it's the gas station owner. Um, that I think you see him briefly being like, I need more pumps, you know, whatever he says. Uh, his name is uh, Mark Goddard. Um, the only reason I mentioned this because he actually had a bit part in um, last season's episode, The Wonder Kind. So as much as I always want to celebrate like uh, the bit actors that like the character actors that show up in the original Twilight Zone series, like, you know, you got to you got to tip your hat whenever like someone's like been in two of these and, 
you know, they're there, but they're not in the forefront. So, you know, congrats to you, uh, Mark Gaudet. You know, you are, you know, the, the, you are now a, um, a small bit character in multiple Twilight Zone episodes, a club that I enjoy seeing happen. Yeah, yeah, maybe he'll be like the one dude that was in like forty some odd episodes <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Yeah, Robert Robert series. McCord. I'll be like, like, yeah, they'll be like, listen, CBS is like, listen, uh, Jordan Peele, this has been great, but you know, we've been talking to Mark Godet, and he needs to be in every one of these episodes going forward. You know, even if he's just in the background holding a shovel or whatever, it has to happen. And it's like, CBS, why are you so worried about Mark Godet? It's like, you know, he knows things. We don't want to get into it, but just make sure he's in the shows. There we go. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be the guy there. Yes. <laughs> um, so, all right. Yeah, that's it. That's for our our, our cast and our, our our crew in terms of writers and directors. Uh, let let's just let Mr. Appeal take it away. Mr. Jason Grant, a man looking to make a big difference in a small town, but being the change you wish to see in the world is a lot more complicated when you've got that whole world in your hands. It's all a matter of perspective here in the Twilight Zone. All right, there we go. We have uh, Mr. Peel with um, an appropriate um, umbrella and jacket this time around. I don't know why I was at the common always fashion, but I feel like I have to. Uh, Terry, start us off with a small town. Okay, so uh, first we open up with a news report uh, about how uh, the small town of uh, what is it, Littleton uh, had their their mayor unfortunately pass away, um, and uh, so they're 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 switching over the uh, hands of power to the treasurer, I believe it is uh, that uh, Mr. Conley plays. Um, so he he becomes the de facto mayor at this point, and there were in the midst of um, her term there was some kind of expansion to the highway that was going to happen and then take out the main line that led into Littleton from the highway. So she put the kibosh on that as long as she could. And when her death happens, um, the, the mayor, the new mayor elect, uh, ends up okaying it and the, the highway expands. So we fast forward a year and to see what the uh, the outcome is, and the the town is suffering. Uh, a lot of people seem like they're moving out. Uh, place looks run down now. It, it doesn't seem to have any uh, luster to it anymore. Well, so, so can I can I just stop you right there real quick? That like you see the town. It says Littleton. It's like rusted with like buckshot in it. It's like, and you know you see people like closing up shop fine, but it's like there's just trash and like you know like it just. It's one thing for a town to, I just, they really hammer home that, that whatever this, this road was from the highway was just like, it was all or nothing. And it's like, and it was one year for that to happen. Um, you know, it just, that felt a little, like I get that we have, um, this is also another episode's like 38 minutes or whatever. So it runs pretty quickly, but it's like, wow. Like I was expecting to see like, you know, packs of wild dogs chasing hobos down the street. Like, you know, like a raccoon, like robbing people at gunpoint. Like, I didn't know how much more we needed to see, like how bad this town has gotten within one year. 
Yeah, like where was the big daddies and little sisters that were coming in and jacking stuff <laughs> <Yeah>. up too? <laughs> like it's like they're like, listen, Littleton's been cut off from the rest of the world. We now have three family dollar stores. That's how bad it is, you know? Like, oh no. <laughs> right. On every corner. Um yeah, it they really did kind of like I think that they should have probably given it more time, maybe more than a year, but for other plot points that are happening, I can understand why they narrowed it to a year yeah and i just i don't know it was kind of weird it's like this happened in a year just because they're cut off on the highway it's not like they like they're in the middle of uh you know also the highway project it got done in a year like what really that kind of like like a kind of expansion that that took like i think that's the biggest like uh like of all the stuff we're about to talk about the thing i have the hardest time believing is that you know that this highway this expansion was done within a year and there's no signs of any construction anymore that's my that's my hardest thing to believe that if i had to rate the twist right now that's a five i did not see that coming yeah apparently they're not working with odot over there so Yeah, they they got a up. Uh, that, that's the real Twilight Zone twist. Yeah, they got something more advanced than ODOT. So, so I would but, call uh, that a strange highway if it got built in a year without any you know anything else going on. There you go. Yeah, Pro, that's some uh, that's some brand integration right there, everybody. You're welcome. <laughs> awesome. Um, so yeah, so we uh, we see the town and everybody's like you know getting out of there, whatever, and. Um, we focus in on um, the the church, and this is where our lead Jason um, resides in the, uh, I guess, like the attic of this place. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's in there, and he's got a bunch of junk around him and everything. And uh, Emilio shows up with um, some takeout food that he ordered or whatever, and so he's. He's BSing with Emilio, talking about what's going on lately and that. And he's like, hey, you know, let me see some of your drawings that you got going on. And apparently uh, Emilio is a very good artist. He has some really kick-ass drawings in that. And then he, he comes upon um, some uh, caricatures of the mayor. And you could tell, like, already that the mayor is a joke. Like, no one digs the mayor, the, the mayor-elect, really. Um, and... Uh, you know, so they, they they talk about that, and you know it's he's you know that Jason's dealing with the loss of his wife still, like it's still a problem for him. And uh, Emilio says, you know, how come you live up here? Like why why here? This isn't good for you. He's like the wife I or the the house that I had with Trina. I can't be there anymore. It's just it's too hard for him to exist in that house anymore. So it's just it, it, this is his. I guess his bridge to having a normal life is living in this, this space above the church and tinkering around with things just to keep his mind going and that and keep his, keep his thoughts off of, uh, his, uh, deceased wife. And, um, you know, I guess Emilio understands and uh, hopefully he does at least, that. but well, yeah, it's, it's hard. Yeah. No, there's just a bit that it's like, well, you see, um, there's the the space in the attic too um, that you know he has the the photos of his wife and, and him like their wedding photos and everything there's like roses around it and then when Emilio is like okay well like you know why here and then that's when Jason gets his reason and he said that the uh, the pastor said that you know maybe this will get bring you a little closer to God and Emilio is like does it and it's like you know 
Jason does really no. answer that question. Um, and so that's when we cut to um, Jason outside, uh, uh, like misting the flowers in like a little tiny greenhouse beside the church, if I recall. Um, and that's when we have him talk to the the pastor about like um, the potential of moving more stuff out of the attic. Um, and he also comments on her um, her nail polish being a wonderful, like a beautiful peach color, which is important later. Yeah. And, you know, she says, you know, do whatever you want. Actually, it's a, uh, you know, it's good for the church anyways to get that clutter out of there. So the next scene is of, of Jason cleaning up the, uh, the, the attic space. Now, <laughs> when we saw the intro from uh, Jordan Peele and he says the thing about having the world in his hands, I looked over at my wife and I started singing that little song, the whole <laughs> world in his hands. Yeah. And of course they mix it in. I'm like, well, I, I guess that was <laughs> well fitting. <laughs> so we hear the song happen while he's, uh, Oh no, I'm sorry. That's no, fast forwarding. No, no. So as he's clearing out the attic, like, so I'll say this about Jace as a character. He, he does the thing that we all do, but sometimes isn't handled very well in like TV or like movies where I don't know about you. I talk to myself all the time. Like maybe it's a problem. I don't know. I mean, you know, uh, I guess maybe also being a podcaster, you could argue I'm sitting in a room by myself just talking, you know, too. But but you hear it, but you know what I mean. Uh, same thing. Not the same thing. You know, thanks people for listening as opposed to just me just sitting in my my office being like, oh, Twilight Zone was pretty interesting this week. My wife would be like, what are you talking about? I'm like, nothing, honey. Nothing at all. Just talking to myself. Um, but he does this thing where he's just like, what's this? This is weird. Ugh, look at all this. Like, he's just talking. And I kind of... Something about that, like, made me like him where it's like, yeah, I'd be that guy, dude, like, commenting on every single piece of stuff I'm grabbing and moving. Yeah. And then, um, so as he's uh, cleaning up the area, he finds a, a miniature, like a, 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 like a, a scale, like a very small scale miniature of the entire town. And it kind of reminded me of Beetlejuice when they're making the, the town in, in their attic space. Yeah. But it also is like mechanical. So it also reminded me of like, um, oh, I don't know, like those you see, like you go to uh, places that have like some of the older, like mechanical wind up games or like the old baseball games or whatever that you had to they actually use some gears and um, you could actually hear them working. So this is like it's not just a manager, but it's like an like an active model. And you see him like, you know, he does the thing of like, huh, wonder what this does. He turns the key on the side and hits a button. And it's like, and that all to me, it was, that was really, really cool. Yeah. It's like an automaton, I, I think it's called, or, you know, like the, you, you wind it up and the gears make all the, the actions happen on a doll and that, but yeah, yeah it's, it, it, it's a, a very well done model of the entire town. Um, he's, and He's tracing along the entire thing, uh, noticing all of the details. Like, there's even cracks in the street and that, talking to himself. And uh, as he's um, observing more of the details, he, he focuses in on the church. And he sees something in the window, but he's not quite sure what it is. And he's like, wait a minute, there's no way. So he grabs, he grabs a little uh, water sprayer. And he shoots the little window on it so he can wipe it off and get a clear, a more clear look at what's in the window. And as he does so, um, the window—it's a perfect view because it's like it's—he, you can see him doing the spraying the wind, the, the miniature, 
and you can see the window in the background. It starts to rain for a second. And he's like, well, that's weird. Huh? So he sprays the miniature again and it, it like starts to rain for a good few minutes at that point. And uh, that's when we get the Jordan Peele uh, intro that I, of course, uh, tripped over. (laughs) No. So like, so the thing is when he looks out the window, uh, he sees like the townsfolk, there's people out there like, and you see like an actual dividing line of where the rain's hitting and where it's not. And everyone's like, what the hell? You know, like looking up and everything. It's like, first this town's falling apart. Now there's just rain. It just shows up in different spots. Um, And then, and that's when we get Jordan Peele, like with the jacket and then the coat and it's like it's i like his narration here i like that you know you mentioned it in the palm of his hand but there's also the whole thing about like it's a matter of perspective it's like yeah i thought that was it was a fun intro i i will also think though i'm going to say that i don't think he was there again i think that's another green screen because it felt a little weird i don't know how you felt about it it didn't look perfect but it de- it definitely looked uh, looked a hell of a lot better than the one episode that ovation could, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. That's yeah, that fair. did that did not look good at all. <laughs> yeah. So, um yeah, like I uh I like that um so then we um we get we get to after that uh, we have uh Jason sitting in the diner, the Busy Bee Diner, which we'll mention that again later. Reading, did you like they they took a second to focus on that comic book. Did you notice the graphic novel he was reading? I I no, I I didn't I didn't notate it. It's called Surviving the Void. It's like I, I don't think that's anything. However, we have two episodes to go in the season. I don't, I think that's going to show up in some regard. Cause that seems a little too, like it's a little odd that he, like he'd be reading a graphic novel. Not that I'm saying he wouldn't be, but to focus on something with a title that distinct, I don't know. We'll see this. I'm calling just like the first episode, meet in the middle where they focused on the uh, technology that you would see in the next episode for a second. I don't know. That's just the thought. That's neither here nor there. I just wanted to get, you know, see if you noticed that or not. Um, but he, um, as he's in there, you hear people talking about like, you know, the problems are having the town. Uh, and that's whenever, um, uh, the owner, sorry, not the owner, uh, but, uh, Anna who runs the diner, I think she rents the building from the mayor. She's talking to him about things and, um, saying, Hey, it, it was a lot busier before the, you know, before that uh, magical roadway project a year, like it took a year to do. And, you know, she's like, if I would have known that I would have not renewed, you know, my lease here. Um, and then she also is talking to Emilio, um, which for a brief flash, did you see what was behind Emilio? Like uh, this, I, I feel like I'm just quizzing you like one of those uh, bar machines of like spot the picture. Uh, it was, are you talking about the machine? Yeah, it was the, okay. um, yeah. it, it was the, the devil headed fortune machine from Nick of time. Uh, from the original Twilight Zone, so I thought that was pretty cool that they, that showed up for a second. Uh, but anyway, she's on she's on Emilio to paint to paint. Um, I don't like was it the inside of the diner or something? It was never quite clear that she's asking him if she's asking him to paint the entire diner by himself. But you know, whatever. Uh, but uh, you get the, so Jason gets the notion in his head of like you know maybe you know maybe I can try something because he already is he's already he's aware that this miniature. He can affect things, but he's, this is his first like real test. Yeah, and um, you know, overhearing that, and you can you can tell that he's taken a fancy to Anna and Emilio, uh, and I, I feel like he's a little bit more curious about what the abilities are of this uh, miniature. 
So he goes back to uh, the church and he grabs that peach colored um, nail polish and he does his thing. So the next morning um, outside of the diner, we see Anna and Emilio and a bunch of other, uh, I guess, possible patrons to the diner come up to the, the diner and it's it's repainted that same peach color. And everybody seems to be really curious about what the hell happened here because, you know, Anna says, oh, did you, did you do this, Amelia? Why didn't you use the paint that was in the, you know, in the shed or whatever? He's like, ma, this wasn't me. I didn't do this. And uh, that's when we get Jason kind of walk up with his little smug look like, huh, looks pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know how, how efficient you are with nail polish. I know I'm not. So it just makes you wonder if like we, if, if this was painted the actual way that you would think it would be that there wouldn't be like these huge blobby edges on the sides of the diner or like the windows painted over by accident or, you know, part of the roof would be peach, you know, like if it was me painting this thing, it would have been a horror show. Yeah. I, I think he'd have to get something a hell of a lot better than the no nail polish brush that they give you in there. <laughs> he'd have to have gotten, gotten like a, like a really fine um, miniature uh, paintbrush that you would get from a craft store or something like that. But you did a hell of a job apparently. So it worked out. Yeah. So then at that point um, he starts to go back, I believe to the, to the church. Uh, and then he sees a couple across the street, an older couple that one of the late, the lady had fallen, fallen down because there's this pothole that doesn't seem to get fixed. And then the other guy was like, we put all this stuff in the suggestion box. Uh, the mayor's not listening, you know, all this stuff. And, um, so that's, um, is, we meet the mayor. Okay. We meet the mayor after this. I'm sorry. But, um, so that's whenever we have the sequence of Jason getting his head, I'm going to take that suggestion box. I'm going to clean up this town and we have the, in his hands music play. And this is a really fun, a really fun sequence. Yeah. I, it's really cute because, you know, he, he's, he's super excited to be working on it because, he cares about this town, and I really think that he wants to carry on the lineage of what his wife was doing, his the work that she was really yeah. trying to do to make this town better and see like the merit of what the hard work can like achieve. And uh, he fills the pothole that the old couple tripped in. Um, he he pulls a, a old nasty tree, cleans up the garbage, and all throughout these sequences that he's cleaning and doing things on a miniature, you can see it in real time in the town itself. And it's really cool and effective. I, I thought it was really kick-ass. Um, yeah, I, at fun. this point, I, I said to my wife, I was like, I'm actually digging this episode a lot. Even if it fell on its keys after this point, I really liked what they were doing. Yeah, this feels, and and knowing that one of the co-writers of this wrote for the 85 Twilight Zone, a, a lot of the, this is more the fantastic you know, like we, not that, like, not that we haven't had moments of this so far in the season, but this is like, like, this is that weird, this is that weird twilight zone magic, right. That you see sometimes like, and I'm not saying like, you know, with this nice shine and you just want to smile, but it's like, no, 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 this is a miniature of a town, which by the way, that miniature is always like, it's only like one street, but yet we believe Littleton's supposed to be bigger than this, but we only ever see what happens on that one street of Littleton. So I, I just wish they would just gave up the ghost and called it little town. Like, I think that would have been better or L I L town, like little town. But anyway, um, 
we we get this whole thing. You see the garbage cans going away. We see the trees flying up in the air, um, like the 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 potholes being filled up as he's just dancing around, saying like you know not, he's just dancing and listening to music. Well, you think he's listening to music, but it's the sequence. And then that was all fun, but the part that made me like laugh and then and then want this episode just to cross the finish line well was the bit with the dog barking. Um, there's a dog just barking and he, and so Jason sees the dog and hears the dog and he sees the dog as a miniature on the table and he looks over and has a, um, like a, a, a um, a drumstick that is like finished. Like he's eaten of this chicken drumstick and he goes, there's still meat on the edges. And he's like, you know what? And he just sees his thought on his face. And it's in a very important part of the episode because we've learned so far that he's able to affect and remove, but not necessarily place things. Um, but he takes this chicken boat and puts it down the street and it is, it's scale to the model, meaning it's huge. And you just see the dog just lick its chops. And that was a wonderful moment. I loved it. I thought that was hilarious too. Honestly, when I saw that he was about to give a chicken bone to the dog, I thought he was going to like throw it out the window or something like that. I'm like dogs aren't supposed to eat chicken bones. Come on. And then when I saw him put it on the miniature, I was like, classic, this is perfect. This is exactly what needs to happen in this episode. This, and I think what you're trying, uh, what you're saying about the, uh, the original series and that this does feel like the original series to me, this feels like it would fit right into the, like the, uh, the Rod Serling produced original series. And we could, we could see this same story play out and it, it's a lot of fun and it feels the most of the, uh, the original series to me. Yeah. And, and you have a clear bad guy and you have, you know, it's like, it's just, yeah. And it, it is set in a small town, which again, that's like, that was Sterling's bread and butter. Um, and it's also a town dealing with change and, and, and coming to grips with what it is versus what it was, which seems to be a recurring theme that we, uh, we, we dealt a lot with that with season four, the original series of like going back, but this, this isn't going back. It's just, you see a town that was thriving, but no longer is. And people wish that wasn't the case. Uh, but yeah, so Jason is super stoked that he's doing all this stuff and people are like excited that the town, you know, things are changing and like he goes to the local like convenience store and, and the guy, uh, was at the counter talking to a lady. He's like, yeah, on this tree, I was talking to the mayor about, it's like, they said it costs a thousand dollars to remove it. It's gone overnight. And he's like, you know, things are starting to turn around here. I think I'm going to stay. It's like, um, I, I also want to ask you about how temperamental, the town of Littleton is like they wobble so fast from, I guess I got a close up shot to a tree's gone. I'm going to live here forever to what we're out of here. Like, did you, did you notice how like the townsfolk would just oscillate between we're grateful to, we want blood. Did you notice it was really fast with a lot of these people. Yeah. It was like every moment was a heel turn or at least you were <laughs> waiting for it to happen. Yeah. But so, um, so Jason overhears this and he's like, Oh yeah. He's like, it sounds like things are starting to change. Maybe there's a guardian angel. And then the guy that owns the shop, he's like, yeah, Mayor Conley did it. Here's the Mayor Conley. And it's like, yep, that's the automatic default. Like, you know, I guess, um, so that, that pisses off Jason. And so he, uh, um, he decides he's going to, he's going to keep tinkering. And that's when he makes the, the sign for uh for Littleton, this big sign. It looks like, you know, it's advertising as the most magical place on earth. It's a sign that you can see from the highway. And then um, you know, the next day, suddenly all of the world remembers Littleton is there and they just show up. 
Um, again, it, that feels very like that. If that showed up in an episode of the 63 or 60 series Twilight Zone, I probably wouldn't have questioned as much, but here it's like, it's just, it's just funny to me that it's like, all it took was a sign for people to remember that it's there. And now like they can't keep enough people, like not enough gas pumps for all people visiting the town. The diner's going crazy. You know, people are taking photos of themselves by the big chicken bone. You know, it's a crazy time now. I, what I need to question is, why is the town important enough to remember? Because it doesn't. It, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the, that's I the mean, very first hate, question. Yes, I hate to be the douche about it, but they didn't say that this like was a ski resort area. They didn't say anything about how like there is good hiking trails. There is nothing to this dirt ball that they call <laughs> Littleton. Like it's it's like why. Why all of a sudden are people like, wait a minute, that town still exists? I think I'm going to go there today because I saw the sign. What is drawing them in other than that newly painted peach-colored diner? Like, Come see the diner that smells like nail polish, everybody. Tell your friends. No, uh... So no, at the beginning in the, the news segment, then we find out with the, the passing of um, his wife, um, who sorry, with Jason's wife, who was the mayor before, um, when she talked about fighting the the highway expansion, she would um, was saying that basically that the Littleton was kind of like a um, like uh, not a tourism destination, but they they did get a lot of people coming in. Like you, you get the notion of it looks like it's it's Colorado, I believe, right? I think it's where it's set. But it's like it's definitely in the in the mountains and snowy. It's probably one of those small seasonal towns that there might be something nearby. They don't really specify, but it's one of those towns that you know, like we have them around here in Ohio too that are just small, but they're they have enough um, going on that when people like drive through to go camping or whatever, it keeps things up. That's that's something that I could think of for that place. Yeah, I mean, it'd probably be like the equivalent of Orville or something like that, where they have the world's biggest garage sale. Like, I just, I just wish that they would have made it a little bit more clear while why people were coming in there if they had skis on their cars or something like that, like some like connective tissue to why anybody needs to be <laughs> in that town and remember that they're there. But I mean, I have to digress because it, it's really not that important of a point. But uh, yeah, so like people are coming in like crazy and they're filling up the diner and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, Jason's not getting any, uh, he's not getting any notice for it, but I don't know what he expects either. I don't I think mean, he wants notice. I just think he wants the town to care. Like he, you get the notion, like you said, his wife cared about the place and wanted to see it for the better. And I think he also was doing this to be like, look guys, this is happening. And everybody automatically reads into it being, um, the mayor, which we, I, we, I skipped over the mayor busting the chops of, uh, Anna for painting his building peach. And he gets pissy with Emilio. And that's a running theme where it's like, he just hates this kid. He hates Emilio. Um, and so, and then there's the bit whenever he's walking out of the diner and Jason walks in and, um, and Conley for, for a town with a population of seven, he's like, Oh, hi, what's, what's, you know, what's your name? He's like, Jason, you know, um, you know, my wife was the mayor before you. Oh yeah, that's right. It's like, you son of a bitch. Like it's a small town. You, you know, the husband of the, of the person that you just took over their job. You, you know, you do. That's a dick move. What? And one of the things that we didn't even uh, uh, mention oh, was sports car. this guy yeah. already looks. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This guy already looks like an asshat because 
him and his uh, fancy wife get out of what looks to probably be like a Corvette or something like that. Everybody has like beat up trucks and that. This is the biggest like uh, I, I don't know like uh, it's like the I don't know it, it's 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 it stands out it stands out like huge. This car in this town makes no sense, and it's like you can already tell he's full of himself. And while all these other people can't even get the garbage cleaned up around their their own like houses and stuff like that, this dude's driving like this badass like probably eighty thousand dollar car. Which you can, uh, it's it's not directly said, but you know that him like letting the highway come through lined his pockets greatly. Yeah, it had to have because I mean, what else is he making money from? Like that diner, they say that he owns the diner, and he probably owns a few other things around the town. But the the town isn't getting any sort of income, so that's not what's making him money. So. You know, that's nefarious in itself. And I, I'm surprised that there isn't any whispers in the bushes other than Jason, um, you know, of people figuring that out. But yeah. maybe it's just small town mentality that just doesn't know that. Yeah, that and um, you can't possibly, you know, you can't possibly believe that someone that, you know, well, they didn't elect him. But, you know, it's like they they wouldn't do anything to be negative to our town. Right. Like I, I grew up in a small town kind of like where you just can't possibly believe that, you know, that the people in your backyard would possibly be out to, to harm you until they do, you know, like type of thing. Uh, so I get, you know, yeah, he's, he's a, he's a jerk. Um, but so then because of all these things happening, um, the church has a, uh, you know, uh, a Sunday um, session where uh, they're talking about the miracle of Littleton and the, the place is packed and um, you know, the, the pastor, she's addressing everybody. And they, then she said that her husband um, refers to this, this um, unknown person doing all these good things as the helper. And I, I cannot, I don't have the actual words for it, the, what they're said in Spanish. Um, but he's the helper. They believe this, this thing is the helper. And immediately someone in the back of the church is like, yeah, it's Mel Connolly. He's the helper. Woo. You know, it's like, yep, yep, that's, yeah, that's, there's been a lot of evidence to, to show that's the case. And then the mayor just kind of like, he smiles and waves because he sees improvements, but he's not doing it. But, you know, it's making his job easier and people are starting to like him again. So he's going to let it roll. There, There is an interesting point uh, that happens there, though. As a pastor is talking about all these amazing things that are going on and like how the, the town is blessed by somebody's, uh, you know, helping them out and with all the things um he uh, jason uh starts twirling his ring like like it's almost like yeah this is for you baby you know like this is for his wife like you hear this i'm i'm, I'm carrying on for you like it's it's almost like he's connecting with his wife as as the pastor is talking about it like this is the motivation he again it, it, it keeps on coming full circle back to his wife and what he's trying to uh, carry on for her lineage well not lineage but you know her uh her her idea legacy. of what the town should yeah, her be. legacy or plan you're right yeah um no you're right um that is a that it's a character tick that happens repeatedly and it does pay off you're right it's good to point that out and also for the pastor to be to say that you know our town's been withering uh due to certain infrastructure developments eyes on you mayor conley you know like <laughs> not it's like she has that she has that uh that perfect uh church person like I'm going to say something that doesn't name names, but I'm going to look directly at you as I say them, you know, type of thing. But anyway, uh, so 
um, you know, the, this becomes like basically uh, the relaunch, like, or the, the jumping off point for the mayor's like big reelection campaign. People are starting to believe that, you know, he has a hand in this and he's not, you know, dissuading them from this. And it, that really burns up Jason. So then on the way out, um, uh, he's walking down um, the side street and he picks up like a sender uh, and he looks at it. And then you just see him look, he goes, he cuts to him like looking over the manager and looking down at the tiny version of the mayor's car. And he's looking at this, uh, Sendry's hand and he just lets it drop. And I like that it cuts to the town and you see this, uh, this meteor just, you know, just start crashing down. And then we see the aftermath, which is another part of this episode. I liked a great deal. It's cartoonish, but it's, it's effective because (laughs) we, it's the next morning. And we see the town gathering around the car, the mayor's car. And I love the two old, the, the two elderly people. They're in chairs eating popcorn or something like that, yes. w- watching the spectacle, which is hilarious to me. <laughs> well, considering the, the one was the lady that fell down uh, because the pothole that wasn't getting fixed. So, of course, they're going to be out there to watch this guy melt down. I thought that was great. Yeah, it's like they just want to see what unfolds, and they're just like, yeah, this son of a bitch is going to get his now. Watch this. Let's get some lawn chairs and watch the action. And the mayor is just furious because there is a a boulder on top of his car. <laughs> and I just I, – I know that it's, you know, it's for the show and that, uh, but if a meteor came from the sky, if something was dropped from that that high up, that car would be obliterated. It probably would have blown up. But just the what they have there of this car just kind of, I guess, kind of being crushed by this big rock mm-hmm. is hilarious. Yeah, you're <laughs> it's, right. It's effective in itself. The meteor would have probably wiped out most of that block, if not more. You know, like for the size of the thing. Yeah, it would. It would have. It would have been bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just great because he's just like he's just melting down. And he's starting to like you know lose it, and then um, there's you know Emilio that's like cracking up, watching the mayor you know melt down, and then he's like, "What are you? What are you laughing at?" He goes over and grabs the kid's tablet, and there's already a picture of the car crushed, and he was like, and "So the, the second time that the mayor goes after Emilio, and Anna's like, "Get your hands off my kid." If you have a problem, you come to me and then people start walking away like because, you know, because Littleton is the town of, I guess, you know, guess I'm angry now. But then the mayor's like, oh, you know, this is, you know, this is just a thing. You know, this is we we overcome here in Littleton. This is what we know. Like he starts like turning it into like a speech or something. And then all of a sudden people start turning around like, you know, you know, he's he's right. We're going to we're going to vote for you now that we just saw you got mad at your luxury car or your sports car that we can't afford. And then you yell at a kid for no reason and almost hit him. And then you just say, you know, we can do better. Like, I think, I think, um, I think I'm with you, Terry, a little bit with like Littleton kind of deserves some of this. Yeah. I, I think it, it's one of those things that I, they it had to have been really gratifying for the people that knew that he was a dick. And what he had been planning. I mean, because, again, you know, he was a treasurer and he's driving this fancy car. He's the mayor elect and nothing's happening for the town. But I, like you were saying, like these people are so wishy-washy about their emotions. So when they see him freak out on Emilio, everybody's like, huh, where's your proof? And then shaking their heads and in a, a amazement, like, oh, this guy is such a jerk. And they turn their back on him and he does this little speech. It's like wait a minute, that, that that doesn't make any sense. And they're just going clamoring back to him being like, 
yeah, you're the man, dude. <laughs> you got my vote now. Like, it's like, I mean, I was all about you yelling at that kid, but now you said nice things too. I'm going to vote for you twice. You know, um, I don't know why Colorado people sound like they're somewhat Southern. That's on me. I apologize for that. Um, that's my only, that's my one default voice. That's the only voice I can do. Um, it's just confused, angry Southerner. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, so, um, that was funny. And then, um, after that, uh, that night we get, um, we get Conley walking through the streets by himself and we have, uh, we have Jason look over. We've got, I forgot to mention up in his, up in the attic, there was a, a little, um, a, like a terrarium with the tarantula in it. And this is the third part of this episode. I absolutely adore so Jason looks over at the tarantula. And the next thing you know, um, you just see it in the miniature, but then you see it's this cross cutting of the miniature and the town and Conley walking. And also uh, Emilio looking out the window and it, you, you eventually, you know, this large tarantula is coming down the street and Conley sees it and loses his goddamn mind, which is the right response, but it's hilarious. And I dug it. Yeah. It's awesome because the spider is probably like 40 feet long and it's coming up on him with dripping fangs and everything. So he's losing his mind. And is immediately as the the tarantula is about to bite down on him, it just floats off into the sky <laughs> and disappears. <laughs> I know. It's so great. It's just like, poof, you know. Um, yeah, I thought that was great. And then the next morning, um, like, Conley's, like, talking to the pastor. He's like, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not easily scared. But, you know, and he's trying to, like, kind of dance around what's going on. And the pastor's like, just tell me what's going on. And then he looks over and sees that Emilio, who, I don't know, that mural was pretty big or for him to do that that fast. So maybe he could have painted the, the Busy Bee Diner, whatever. But it's just like this, it's kind of like almost like, um, what do you, what do you call it? It's like, it's, it's a tarantula, but it's done very, um, uh, what do you, yeah, the dead style. Yeah. Is that, uh, Cal- Calvera? Is that what they call that? Like that, um, yeah, anyway, it's cool looking. Um, so yeah, it's, and he gets mad. He's like, you saw this, this thing. And he goes over to the kid a third time and the mom's mad at him again, which I'm surprised he didn't get decked by the mom. Um, but yeah, so then, uh, we, we have that. Um, and then Jason, uh, starts to get kind of frustrated and was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to, um, he's going to add more lights to the sign. And then I like that he adds like a comet or like a, a comet streak or like, a, it looks like a meteor through the, the through, um, the sign. Cause he's like, I'm going to bring even more attention. That's how I'm going to help this town. Um, and then, then we start finding out that there's limits to the reality of when you start plugging in stuff into a small town. Yeah. I, like the, the infrastructure of power and all that, but I, I love how it's kind of like a double dig. Um, not only is it, you know, well, well, this is uh Littleton. This is the town that had that weird meteor crash in the, in it, but then it's, I'm sure he's doing it to like antagonize the mayor as well. Like as soon as the mayor would see this sign and be like, thanks. Thank you for pointing out that a meteor came and crashed yep. on my car. Of course. <laughs> I, I approve of that maneuver. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it causes the whole uh, infrastructure of the town, like the power um, power grid to collapse. Right. So then that causes all the power to go out. Um, and then um, they, they, <laughs> They all meet in the church and, and Conley, you know, as much as he is a piece of shit, he's put in a very thankless position, even, even though to this point, like what happens to him later, he deserves this, but he's trying to read this note saying, Hey, um, 
you know, we've lost our grid and all this stuff. And it's like, it's our, like our power is going to be out for weeks. And everyone's like, what do you mean weeks? And they're all just starting just like, it's like the town just turns like bloodthirsty. And then one of the people is like, well, you're the helper. Just, you know, do, do the thing. Like she doesn't say this, but it's like do magic. And he's like, I'm not really the helper. And then they, it's like, you almost get the idea. They're going to take him outside. Like, um, like Dawn of the dead and just rip him apart, you know, like, um, but that almost happens. But, you know, I thought that was still kind of funny of how fast that they went from trusting him to just wanting to kill him. And, and, and I'm just wondering how long was this before this meeting even happened too? it's like uh, somebody can't turn on Jeopardy. So they went over to the town meeting and they're like, uh, yeah, you know how the power went out about a half an hour ago. We're pissed and we want somebody's head to roll. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I could get like if maybe two or three days you have no power, but it's still nighttime. So what the hell is everybody freaking out about? Yeah. You know, I mean, if anything, like, you know, you get through the night and then you start asking questions the next day. Right. Like, but right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so, so as they're outside, he's like trying to, you know, he's freaking out the, the, the mayor, but then he sees, um, he sees Emilio, uh, and he's like, he's, he's, the, he's the reason. He's the kid. He's like, look at all his drawings. Look at him. Everything he draws comes to life, which I would have been like, yeah, that you know, this could have been a Twilight Zone episode like that, but that's not actually what's happening here. And then he's trying to get everybody to turn on this kid. And that's when, you know, that's when we get, um, you know, Jason coming forward, which I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll say this about the episode. I didn't see it really ending this way. It, it, it's a little, it's a little weird how he just comes forward. Yeah. And was like, it was all me. I did it. And people are like listening to him. Um, I didn't expect that. It, it seems at this point, if the mayor wasn't the one that had done it, and obviously this cockamamie uh, story about Emilio drawing the things and them coming to life didn't happen, they're just kind of like, all right, so we'll take we'll take anything you got to throw at us now because all these things are happening. And if the mayor's not doing it, then who the hell is doing it? And we need power. So they're probably just like, just give us some answers. I don't care. But you know what this moment felt like to me so, so much was um, the episode from season one of the original series. The monsters are due on Maple Street. Mm -hmm. The way that the mayor tries to excite the, 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 uh, I mean, I guess it's Lynch mob that Emilio did it. And then the way he's talking to him and they just like, don't even take the bait. They're like, get the hell out of here. It wasn't the kid. It was you. It was you. Like now you're trying to blame the kid. It's like, it was, I felt like it was going towards that episode and that kind of narrative. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it, 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 they spun it back on its head and you're like, no, that's not what's actually happening. We're not going to believe uh, the mayor at all, and we're going to attack the mayor still. <laughs> yeah. I love that. So then, yeah, I agree. You're right. That could have easily turned into an updated version of this. Um, uh, but also, I feel like that the the town of Littleton had, they had a Maple Street situation. The first time the power goes out, they would have just been cutting each other's throats. Like, that would have been, we would have been done, you know? But anyway, um, so... Um, yeah. So then Jason's like, Hey, you guys got some matches. And then there's that brief bit of him, like lighting the matches and putting it over top of the miniature. And then you see that wonderful visual outside of like this, like this huge stack of matches on fire. And then you hear the old town go, huh? Like, <laughs> like they freak out. But then, um, that's when this episode, like it just, it just hits the gas and it just runs like, 
I, this is one of those times where it's like, I feel like, you know, they set it up a lot and I like a lot of it And the ending we're going to talk about is okay, man. I think another few minutes like could have really, really helped round this out. Um, like, cause we really learn what the, what the mayor's plan is with seconds to go before like everything falls apart. Um, so anyway, uh, the mayor comes in with his, like his, uh, deputy or whatever. And they see the miniature. He's like, this is how you're doing it. And Jason's like, yeah. And he's like, oh, so you can do anything. He's like, well, and he's like, we could start over and turn this place into like Vegas. I'm like, you're only controlling like two blocks, dude, you know, cool your jets. But Conley just sees this as an opportunity to just destroy everything and start over. And Jason clearly doesn't agree with that. And then they start to have a fight about it. Yeah. Um, they, uh, the, uh, struggle between the, uh, the deputy or sheriff or whatever it is. And, uh, Jason turns, uh, violent to the point where it knocks the, um, the miniature off its, um, sawhorses. But before they even has anybody come up there and notice like what's been going on, uh, he takes off his ring mm-hmm. and he puts it onto the miniature. He's like, oh, you know, I'm sorry, Trina. You know, I failed you. And like, trying to like still explain like as much as I'm trying here. Uh, this is still about my wife. And uh, when he puts the ring down, that's when the mayor comes in with the sheriff. So, in the moment that the 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 struggle happens between the sheriff and Jason, and that thing falls, uh, you can see that there's also something going on outside. So it's it's still this is still affecting the rest of the town. And, um, after the commercial break, we see that in the morning they're assessing all the, the damage that's happened to the town. And, uh, we see Emilio and Jason and Anna walking uh, along with the pastor. And uh, Emilio says, well, you know, you can fix the, the miniature, right? He's like, no, that thing's broke. He's like, it's, it's done. You know, we tried our best. Um, and, you know, the pastor says, you know, all these things can be cleaned up. You know, we just got to pull together and all that. And they're talking about funding. And now he's like, uh, yeah, I don't think there's going to be a problem for funding. And as they pan back, we see that there's a gigantic ring. And there's a news crew there covering the, this this big find of the biggest uncut piece of uh, gold ever found, I think that they say, or something yeah. like that. So that's where, like, I guess they're gonna rise back up as they're gonna have the funding from this gigantic ring. So it still points back to his love for his wife, and that the, you know, it still had an effect, like a positive effect. Yeah, and that's important. I do want to note though that um, once you see the miniature like cast aside with everything broken and everything kind of all messed up. Um, before we actually get to the outside, you saw that trailer walk around on it again, right? You saw it there. We don't know. Like it's implied that its power's gone and the ring fell with it. Where was that tarantula before the table fell? Is there a large tarantula still out there now walking around? I was really, really, really hoping on the second time through that as the camera pulled all the way back, you'd just see like the one spindly leg off the corner start to creep in. That would have been amazing, but that's not this episode. I know, you know, and I was hoping that as well, because I did see the tarantula and as you know, we're, we're panning out from the town itself. Uh, you know, we're seeing a lot of the carnage of what happened, uh, from the, the miniature falling. 
but I was really hoping to see like the tarantula off in the distance, just kind of like scaling mountains and getting out of there. Like, like <laughs> attacking the highway and just like thrashing. Like, yeah. <laughs> that would have been great. Yeah. Oh, but you know, I didn't do that. Um, so yeah, no, it, like it's just, the ending kind of, it's very sudden, but you're right. It does end on a note of hope. It does end with the ring being an important part, which is, that's a good call. Um, I wanted to mention, I forgot to mention this earlier. Um, the main window in the, the church attic is a circle with a series of circles inside it. Um, that seems to be a theme this season with a bunch of circular architecture. Um, I don't know if it just was, again, intentional for every episode. It's important that he's like Jason's always framed in this, like this golden circle. And that turns out to be what you see at the end is a golden circle that saves the town. Um, that can't be a mistake, right? That feels like that has to be pretty on purpose. Yeah, especially when now that you're laying all of those facts out, it, there there has to be some continuity between for these choices and that. Um, obviously, we I think we got that. Like it was kind of the the red herring in some way that the the giant circles led to the giant ring at the end. So yeah, so no, I I um. I, I like this episode. Just I, I went from like just absolutely grinning through a lot of it to like it just it it built up so much goodwill that I still like the ending. It just it felt like it just felt um, short. Like it just stopped, and that was your episode. Like there was like, and that's perfectly okay. It's just I felt that it was ramping up to something, and and I needed either something a little different or let's see, let's see what Conley would have done with the miniature, you know, let's see what dumb shit he would have done with it before it got broken. I think that would have been interesting to see that him thinking that he can do these things because he's the mayor and watch it backfire on him. I thought that'd have been kind of fun. Yeah, that would have been pretty sweet to see maybe a little bit of payback, uh, knowing that, uh, Jason was the linchpin of all of these, uh, different occurrences to kind of make the mayor look bad. He'd been like, well, you like your, uh, you know, your house with all the little roses in it, the, the greenhouse. And he just like takes his thumb and smashes it or something yeah. just to show how much more of a dick he is or talk about how he's been plotting against his town the entire time. And, then being, being like, Oh, you know, guess what? No one's going to believe you now because now I have control of it. Like, we could have gotten like five more minutes, maybe not just dialogue heavy, but it's something else to pad up the ending and not kind of rush it where mm. it's, that's kind of where they seem to have gone was they needed to wrap it up. But I, I still feel like everything else that had happened prior to this, I'm okay with it. You know? Yeah, no, it's like, again, this is one of those ones where, you know, the first 75% of this thing is just, it's, I, I adored it and it's just, you know, if, if it didn't quite stick the landing in some ways, then that doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't make me not want to see this again. It's just one of those ones. It's like, you could see that it was like ankling up towards being like this. It, it, this could have been like my favorite episode of the season, but there's a lot of elements and parts of it so far that are my favorite parts of the season. Yeah. It, it, this had a lot going for it. Um, really, I'm glad that they, they made this a, a, a somewhat longer episode compared to the last two. Uh, I think with this plot, uh, we needed that. We mm -hmm. needed a little bit of a longer runtime. 
Uh, if they wanted to make it an hour long, I think that they could have done that too. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was a really good episode for my opinion. Yeah, I dug it. So, um, so do you have any other notes about the episode? I have a, a couple of bits of, of trivia, which we've already talked about some of it already. Yeah, let's uh, let's hit that trivia actually. Okay, so supposedly, and I didn't verify this, uh, that what the suitcase that he grabs in the beginning when he's moving junk around is supposed to be the same one, or look like the same one from the um, uh, the original series episode Mirror Image. Um, so I couldn't verify that. Uh, the local town bank, which I never saw, but supposedly it's listed here as the Bemis Bank, which is a nod to Henry Bemis, which is um, I'll shoot. Uh, we just we talked about him last week too. That is um, Burgess, Burgess Meredith. Meredith. Yes. Why did I, it's right here, right, right in front of me? Yeah, he played Henry, Henry Bemis in that episode and was in a bank. Uh, we talked about the Devil Fortune Machine that was in the Busy Bee Diner, and that the Busy Bee Diner itself is a callback through this season and the previous season of the CBS, like this new series. Um, so yeah, I, I, but I want to like, I want to mention real quick here that um, the idea of like miniatures in perspective, like how there was some wonderful little cross cuts of the town with the town. Um, and I know, I think you and I've talked about this previously. You have not seen the film hereditary, correct? Unfortunately, no, not yet. No, there's a lot of uh, miniatures in that too. So when you get around to watching that, you'll, you know, like there's, there's just some fun, great perspective and depth, pers- you know, perspective and all you know, there's, there's a lot of that reminded me, of hereditary watching this. And that was a good thing. Um, there's also the first episode of the shutter produced uh creep show series, which have you, have you watched those yet or no? Yes. I, I, I completed that entire run and okay. I'm glad that you're mentioning this because mm-hmm. um, I was actually just thinking about it as you were talking about the other episode. Yeah. So um, the first episode of creep show, it's, it's two stories. I think all of the episodes are two stories. I, I I got through most of it. It's I liked everything I watched. I just need to finish it. Um, it's called the House of the Head, in which this girl gets this creepy dollhouse that is de- dealing with these miniatures. And it's uh, to say anything else more about it, if people have not seen that episode and seen that segment would be to ruin the fun of it. But it it plays with a lot of perspective and reactions, and it was a delight. Um, so people, if you've not watched it, go get your free trial shutter and watch it because it's it's wonderful. Yeah, I. I adore the the creep show uh like I guess the archetype what um you know Romero and King built and this fits so well people need to watch it honestly it's really good uh storytelling it's fun um there are some bummer episodes but you're going to have that in a series like uh, of that type there's a reason why it has a second season coming uh definitely check that out yeah so um, okay, so uh, yeah, I, we've talked about the episode. Now we just got to get to that twist. Uh, the, the twist that uh, Jason's love, uh, you know, and relationship with his wife and that her being the former mayor would be the thing that would ultimately save the town. Um, I didn't necessarily see that coming, so I'll give it a four with the whole, like the ring was in front of your face the entire time. I get that. But the actual being like the literal, like, you know, like gold ring to save the town. I didn't see that coming. No, I, I definitely did not see the ring situation play out that way. Um, if I had to give it a, like a rating, I'll probably give that a four. Honestly, um, it wasn't like, holy crap, but it definitely was a really interesting twist to all of the events that had happened. So it, 
this was there was a lot of things that I think could have played out and maybe had this episode be a little bit stronger or a little bit weaker. And uh that was a fun ending. So yeah, uh that was that was interesting. I'm glad that they did that little twist there. Yeah, and, and honestly, like um I kept expecting like um some ill will to show up at the end of the episode, like that, like that nasty twist, like, you know, he breaks the model and the entire town's away from existence or like, you know, he inadvertently, you know, I don't know something, right. You, you could easily write a very um, sour ending to this. So I, you know, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop and it never did. Um, so credit, credit to that because we don't always need like the gut punch and, uh, you know, and this one didn't need it, you know? So yeah, it, like, yeah, I like this one. I like the small town. Um, you know, it kind of, uh, I know we liked, uh, um, a human face last week as well, but I feel like, you know, we were getting into the back half of the season. I was worried that we might, you know, they might've tucked some of the stuff in the back that wasn't so great. Um, this, this proves that wasn't the case. Yeah. I'm glad that it wasn't, uh, lopsided because the first half of this season I felt was really strong, really good episodes. And then once we got past, uh, you know, the, the, the halfway point, I, I felt like we were kind of slowing down in the, what we dug and how strong the storylines were, but this brought it back up. I, I, I really dig this episode and yeah. I'm glad that we were able to discuss it. Yeah. So, all right, <clears throat> that's going to do it for our discussion about a small town. Uh, you guys can find us on Facebook at Strange Highways um, and let us know your thoughts about the episode. You can email us directly at strangehighwayspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, wherever you find your uh, podcast, please rate and review it. It would be greatly appreciated. And again, um, you know, we should all still be doing our best to to stay away from people, you know, like, you know, because it just helps. So stay inside, watch the Twilight Zone. People are looking for more uh, content to consume. Um this is it, right? So like recommend it to friends again, uh, the more the merrier. We appreciate it. Yeah. And you know, support what Jordan Peele is dealing right now. He is, he is a, uh, an incredible force right now when it comes to the genre, uh, sci-fi horror, whatever you want to call it. He is doing great things and he's, I think if we give him like a little bit more power to make choices, like another season of twilight zone, then we might see more movies. We might see more things that he produces that are of the macabre nature and what, whatever way you want to call it, because I think that he wants that free will. I think he wants to make more weird stuff. Yeah. And, well, um, and well, if we're not watching it, it you know, he's not going to get the credit. That's true. And, and uh, to say that, say this, I've not seen it yet, but um, the, the series Lovecraft country just premiered on HBO, which I know he's a producer on. So, yeah, like um, I need to check that out too. It's clearly like I've heard it gets weird, and I am all about that. Yeah, one of my friends online was raving about how great it is. So I'm super excited to check that out. Uh, I think that Jordan Peele is on a he, he's on the upswing, and I think that whatever he's done lately, uh, y'all need to check it out because Twilight Zone is kicking ass, and uh, he needs more accolades from that. Yeah, absolutely. So next episode we're getting to is called try, try. Um, and here is the, here is what is written about it. So this is going to tell you a lot. Um, when Claudia has a chance to run in with Mark, he dazzles her with his seemingly miraculous abilities. That's it. So miraculous abilities, like what, like he can, um, he can do all the, the digits of pie into infinitum. Um, he can, 
do a Rubik's Cube within seconds with his eyes closed. I don't know what these abilities are, but I guess we're going to find out. Yeah, and uh, we get Topher Grace in this episode, so that's exciting. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about Topher Grace. He's actually, he has he has some interesting things um, that, you know, people, yeah, we'll talk about him. Like, I think he gets, I think he gets shit on sometimes, and I think he has, he he's done some interesting stuff um, after that 70s show. So I can't wait to talk about that. So yeah, uh, that's going to do it for us this week. Um, have a good week. Um, I don't know. Um, if you find a miniature of your town, um, but before you tell people about it, I'd probably stash a lot of like gold there and then maybe tell people about it or um, give all the dogs like full, like bone, like full chicken legs. You know, they deserve it. They've been good boys. And uh, make sure you have uh, Space Rock insurance on your car. You know what happens to smart asses? They get to be mayor.